The Hawks are 0-8 at Giants Stadium after another tough loss, but fans were treated to a much improved performance overall, with positives aplenty to take from the game. We're going to unpack the lot on another fun-filled edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason, and joining me as always, a man who is most impressed with our latest Rising Star nominee. G'day, Tiz. Fantastic news. Seamus Mitchell, Round 17 Rising Star nominee. And was it the body of work or just the performance on the weekend? You can never tell. Could be either or. He's put in a cracking two months. Sham wow is the go-to phrase here. (laughs) Made his debut against the Giants at Norwood Oval. We were there, mate. We were there. We were there. He was great then. He was great again here. Nabbed the Rising Star nom with 20 touches, six of those contested, five intercept possessions at 70% efficiency. He took four marks in the 13-point loss to the Giants. Now, he's played... 10 of 11 games since making his debut. Terrific. And, you know, to flog what everyone knows, mm-hmm. but to envisage this last year would have been ridiculous. Oh, no one could have called it. That would have been lunacy to make that kind of prediction from that far out. Now, when you look at his form in the VFL, it didn't scream pick me, did it? No. But since he got to the AFL level... Absolute natural for it. What you could say about his form in the VFL was that the positional change was working. Right. It got to a stage where you thought, okay, well, this guy is not going to be a forward. But hang on. He is shining at AFL. Yeah. And you wouldn't have said that at VFL. No. He was competent. He was a dab hand at VFL. But he really has gone to the next level since the the club has put a lot of faith in him. I I remember back at that Norwood Oval game against the Giants... There are a couple that, of moments. Well, I was going to say that week, I don't think either of us were necessarily expecting no. that he would get a debut that week. Yep. But, I mean, he, he did, and he hasn't looked back, and he's been fantastic. Hell of a seven days for the kid. He's got a new contract, rising star norm. It's all looking up. Yeah. I mean, if it had been the other way around, he probably would have got more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he wishes. That had, the script had been flipped there. That would have been nice for him. Uh, this question from the one and only Dancing Bear. Year-end looms. Who is the next Dylan Moore or Seamus Mitchell on the list? And is there one? You want to go with Finn? Oh, maybe. Maybe. I I, would, I was actually going to say Emerson Jecker. Ooh, gee. Yeah, I think he's a real good chance to... Not quite do enough, but then the door is left slightly ajar, and then he comes back bigger and better next year. Yeah, a bit of me, like, go back a week, Mm -hmm. think of Finn, now this week, yeah, he's just completely destroyed, or finished, as you wrote on Twitter, (laughs) Yes, Josh Kelly. I can't believe it, really. He restricted him to one disposal in three quarters, Mm -hmm. and three in the second. Well, it was the kind of performance that proved that Finn still has a place on this list. He has immense value as a stopper. He has a particular set of skills, to use a Liam Neeson line, that no one else at Hawthorne can do quite like him. He put the clamps on Josh Kelly, no doubt about it, limited him to just six disposals for the game. That's Kelly's lowest return since round 9, 2015. Hello to all those fantasy fans. Yeah, screwed them (laughs) over big time. Gotta love that. Uh, we're going to lose listeners. <laughs> yeah, I know a few of our listeners are right into that. But uh, yeah, different world from the for the one that I follow. I'm not into the fantasy stuff. But uh, yeah, Finn McGuinness, that, that was a hell of a return. And I'll be honest, mate, I'll put my hand up and say it's not one that I saw you coming. You thought he'd be dropped after last week. Yeah, well, he wasn't doing excellent work at Box Hill. He was fine. Hmm. One thing I could say about his work at Box Hill, he was accumulating the footy much more than yeah. he usually does. 
But in terms of playing a, a tagging role as fiercely and as well executed as this... Well, that's one of his highest scoring games for us. Like, yeah. He had 15 touches. He had eight in the first quarter. Did you notice that? I didn't... <laughs> He was just sort of in there and, yeah. and getting the ball. But uh, five contested, ten. Am I reading the right one? Yeah, ten uncontested. <laughs> and and 26 pressure points. Um, very good. And you've got to say, his his impact on the Giants was terrific. Like, he really stopped one of their weapons. It's, it's an interesting result, this one, because obviously the scoreboard reads, this was a loss. We lost by 13 points. But as I said in the intro... There were positives to pluck from this. Finn McGuinness was obviously up there. Seamus Mitchell as well. I'm just going to highlight that we won the clearances pretty handily here. 40 mm. to 25. And, and just to show the importance of that, Connor McDonald's goal in that final quarter, that stemmed from a successful centre clearance. And that was 32 points from that source. That's a season high for Hawthorne. Wow. So it really clicked into gear in a big way. The things that didn't work. Well, couldn't get a mark inside Ford 50. Mm-hmm. We equaled our season low in that regard of five. We notched that up in rounds nine and 15 against the Ds and Suns respectively. It is clear to me, mate, and we're going to talk about this a bit later in the show, that Mitch Lewis needs a tall target in support. Well, look, it's it's even worse than that because through the last four games, Mitch Lewis's opponent has been very impactful on the result. Yeah, hugely influential. It's true. Of the stuff that was working for us, Jai Newcomb, a team-high 28 touches with an outstanding disposal efficiency of 89.3%. Damn, that is a nice game from a midfielder. A team-high nine clearances as well. Team-high eight score involvements. This guy is sitting on 45 games at the moment. That is special. <laughs> the next 25. Oh, my God. He's yeah. going to go to the next level there. He is something special indeed. Both him and Will Day started excellently. Uh, it was like our midfield just wanted to get the most out of themselves in that first quarter. And I didn't realise this on the day and watching it from home, but uh, Ned Reeves was the third top scorer in Supercoach points. Oh, come on. That can't be be true. He is. (sighs) Ten contested possessions. Two kicks, eight handballs, 70 percent disposal efficiency, and thirty-one pressure points. Do they that stat sheet in front of you? Mm. Um, when it's a zero, do they write zero or leave it blank? No, they they write zero. Okay, so zero marks. Oh yes, I see it's there. Yeah, <laughs> and how tall is he again? Do they list that? Oh, I know he's so frustrating. He's the tallest hawk in history, and he can't take a mark yeah. consistently. It's not just that game. His numbers for marks are very low. And Briggs was, looked terrific all day. Mm-hmm. Nearly best on ground, probably. I want to circle back to uh, McGuinness here, because we've got a question from Gold D Ace. Will McGuinness only play against teams who have a damaging running mid, as opposed to Nash playing on the bigger-bodied mids? What do you reckon? Absolutely. I can't see him drifting forward. I can't see him drifting back. He's, he's, he's a tagger. Yeah, I think, as I said before, I think he has a very specific spot on this list. And I think that'll save him because he is so unique. However, he's a depth player. He's, yeah. you know, break glass in case of emergency. He's that kind of guy where you look at him, you look at him in terms of a needs basis. He's not going to be a permanent fixture of Hawthorne's side going forward. We're, we're going to deploy him where needed. That might be frustrating for him. It could be very useful for us on occasions. I mean, if he's able to turn in, you know, these kinds of performances, like a gun for hire, Mm. you just 
whip him into the lineup and then he turns up like that. Yeah. I mean, that's huge for us. It gives us a new look. We have a specific weapon in our side. It's it's weird that Sam Mitchell has come out with a Ryan Crowley type, don't you think? <laughs> oh, I think it's fitting, isn't it? <laughs> well, he knows how effective it can be, surely. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. But I, I wanted to put um, put the focus on Warple, I think, who in that last okay. quarter was terrific for us. I thought he was brilliant on the day. His endeavour was terrific. And, um, you know, Hardwick's... From that first month of football, he's much better now. Yes, absolutely. Yep, he is pivotal. One guy that I saw, um, well, actually didn't see get much coverage at all online from our socials, Carl Amon. Didn't see too many people singing this guy's praises, but but 27 touches, 77.8% disposal efficiency, 654 metres gained. Yeah, it's by only six 20 marks. more than James Warple. <laughs> <laughs> well... He's done well for himself, Carl. He's done, he's, he was very good. And he was also putting his body on the line a few times, which isn't his go, but he was prepared to do it. The other bloke who was just being very creative the whole day, Connor McDonald, mm-hmm. 23 touches, only 65% disposal efficiency. But, geez, he looked like he could open the game up every now and again. Well, he slotted a very important goal in that final quarter, as we just mentioned before. He did. What about the 92% surety on the uh, goal from the top of the... <sighs> Goal square, or yeah. what should have been a goal from uh, one Will Day. He know? will one day. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's his handle on on uh, Instagram, isn't it? Yeah, it might be, actually. But, yeah, he, he have nightmares about that one. He'd like that time again. That was odd. Very odd. It was. It was. And it's nice to be able to say that it's odd, right? Because we'll never see that well, again. I mean, it'd be odd for any AFL professional probably, player. Probably, probably. Right? Didn't get the hoots and hollers that we normally see, but... No, it's a Sydney crowd. What do you... Didn't you notice that? Didn't you uh, think I it... did, yeah. I, I found it a very weird crowd. Yeah. Almost like they were completely detached. They didn't seem to care when we stuffed up. <laughs> didn't seem to care that much when they were going well. Very, very peculiar. More yeah. atmosphere in the VFL, but we'll get to that. Uh, Chad Wingard. Two goals, two assists, seven score involvements and in all. Starting to get the old Chad back. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. The impact is back. He isn't invisible. He's it's a got nice north change. this week. <laughs> no, well, anything could happen this week. <laughs> Looking a bit like me, mate. I'm twiddling, twiddling my fingers. Being like, yes, excellent. <laughs> when- seven score involvements, two assists. The week before he was pivotal in, what, three goals? Yeah, yeah. He was so- setting stuff up. He's just got a bit of, I don't know, totally unexpected and an ability to roll the dice. And he's also been given that freedom. I don't know. He needs confidence, of course, but... I'd like to see a little bit more from him defensively. He didn't lay a tackle for the game. Yeah, well, he doesn't. Yeah, but he could. <laughs> and he's a senior player, and you know that he could, because compare that to Tyler Brockman, who notched up seven. Seven tackles. That was second only to Dylan Moore, who had eight. Any in the forward 50? Well, you've got the stats in front of you. You tell <laughs> me. Don't give me that stuff. Okay, fair enough. It's on the AFL seven, website. I'll, seven I'll tackles that is massive. We've got, we've got questions later about uh, Brockman and whether he's off to WA. We'll get, we'll get to that, certainly. I, I noticed that the stats you've got in front of you, they're different to the source that I use. I use the AFL website, right? Yeah. And looking at pressure acts, 32 for more, and his season average is 20. So he played well above. He uh, only got one touch in that last quarter, though. Mm. Which was odd. Yeah, it is. When the game's on the line. What about this guy, though? 
Mr. Dependable, fast becoming one of the most enjoyable and consistent Hawks. Josh Ward, just keeps on showing plenty. Every chance he gets, proving why he's far too good to be overlooked any longer and shuffled back to Box Hill. None of that, please. 20 touches, two great goals, five score involvements, three rebound 50s as well. Terrific. Anyway, our midfield looks really good going into the weekend, and uh, I'm, I'm a little bit up and about, uh-huh. even if we are at Marvel. <laughs> Would you be up and about if it wasn't North? Is, it, is no. it just our opposition? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a big part of it for me as well. And then, you know, St Kilda looking right for the picking again, and mm-hmm. we could end Richmond's chances of finals. They don't look that good. They only just got over the line against Sydney. Well, Hawthorne, as always. And Frio are just up. Basket case for the last round. <laughs> that one I'm looking forward to. But but as ever this year, Hawthorne just looms as a bit of a wild card. We, we're still really not sure which team's going to show up and why and how how that even happens. The good Hawthorne or the bad Hawthorne, who knows? And then we've got a new forward in Denver, Granger Barras. Oh, yes. Did you enjoy his first goal? I did. It's good scenes. Yeah. Arms stretch wide, bit of the Shawnee Burgoyne. <laughs> same stakes as well. I can see why he celebrated oh, in we... the same manner. All right, all right. <laughs> Let's hope he stays in the lineup because uh, Brandon Ryan will be putting pressure on that. Mm-hmm. I think you have to back him in till the end of the season, don't you? Don't, yes. Denver? Yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah, there's no point. Blank will be out, of course. Yes. So he may be forced behind the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there could be a positional change, but the point is you keep him in the side. So, questions. Got a fair few of them. This one from Shana. Did you think last year versus this year that Impey would be such a pivotal player? Well, he was out of form last year, wasn't he? And he had his, his he had a screw loose. And, uh... <laughs> That's right. Mate, Shana had this question, and I thought to myself... How can what? I engineer a good joke? <laughs> I thought, what was I thinking about Impey when I wrote the oh, guide? No. Did you write it up? No, it was you. Damn. <laughs> and you made almost the exact same joke. <laughs> it's all about recall when you get to my age. Now. <laughs> well, in the comedy game, we call it a callback. Right. So you've done well. But uh, no, you, you rated him as extremely pivotal. You know, you backed if he him. Could get back to the form yeah, he was in. You yeah. backed him to recapture something, and, and look, he, he has been. I think that's the problem with why he came back in probably before he was due, mm-hmm. which is why he's fallen. So, can we just not mention due, please? I'm not quite prepared to do that. Really? Yeah, no, it's really affected he's me quite deeply. Home. I hope he's coming home. Can we fit him in the soft cap? Uh, apparently, it'll be very much like, you know. 2008, where we just put the donuts on top of the fridge. Well, I, I also, just on that, I, I want to apologise for my verbiage of fitting him in a soft cap. I don't... That was a mean joke, and... Oh, do you mind? No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't a joke. <laughs> completely... I'm just being an idiot. Anyway, are we going to talk about Stuart Caro Drew? Caro was or? right. Caro was... Look... Like a stopped clock, Nick. I can't believe you <laughs> gave her credit. A stop... No, broken... Well, broken clock, stopped clock. I guess it's the same, isn't it? Yeah, they've got to be right eventually. Yes, exactly. yeah, right, right twice, twice a day. every day. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I know people don't like Caro. She annoys me too, but she got this one right. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Now, Shana points out uh, that yeah, Impy is quite pivotal. Uh, I 100% agree with that. He, is. he takes the right risks. Yep. And look, if we're looking at uh, Weddle off the halfback line, and he's terrific, like, love watching him now. But does he go into the midfield next year? Yeah, well, we were. Um, is that the program? We were chatting about this at the pub, and yeah. I likened him to, to Will Day and the trajectory that he's on. I think it's a matter of time. I don't know if it's next year. But if not, it's the year after. Okay? That's what's going to happen. Weddell so is going to... So CJ gonna... just slots back into the backup. I think so. Yeah. yeah. 
back half, wing, CJ's not going into the middle, obviously. Weta will do that. And, uh, yeah, and Day's already there. Uh, this question from Lauren. What's the future of our rucks? Play one or play two? Is Reeves going to live up to all the expectations? Will Meek start playing like the six foot six, 110 kilogram monster of a man that he is? It's part of the ground that has the most ambiguity for me. It could be really great, but right now it's failing. Yeah, it's amazing when you think about it. 110,000 gram monster. (laughs) (laughs) Do we want to convert that to milligrams? What are we doing here? (laughs) Just make it sound even more impressive. Oh, look. Uh, Imagine if they did that for the wrestling. Wave in. (laughs) Measuring with millimeters. No. Um... I, I I enjoyed watching Miki in in the VFL. Yes, and yep. um, I was underwhelmed with Reeves' performance, especially how good his opponent was. That is the word that I keep on landing on. It's underwhelming. And That's... do you just swap one for the other, or do you, you know because neither of them give us anything when they're resting forward? Yeah, well that that's been disappointing. Frankly, I really thought that that would be. Uh, strategically very sound, but it hasn't come through for us at any stage this year, really, in the seniors. Um, you, you posed a question at the pub. Has Meek ever been the number one by himself? And I'm not sure that's happened yet, has it? I think he was, and I think yeah. he performed quite well. I remember Reeves going down with an injury in, in the early months, but I'd have to look it up. But it seems to me that we cannot, in this current side... Mm. Uh, have two tall, slow blokes that don't take relieving marks. Yeah. Well, the team showed that as well with their willingness to sub one off. We shouldn't really, you know, toss them on the scrap heap because they're both very young ruckmen. Young ruckmen don't perform. It's not about tossing them on the scrap heap. It's just we, we had high hopes for that division and like Lauren who sounds like she's a bit underwhelmed by it, and, and so am I. I absolutely understand that. This question from Paul, is Harry Morrison in our best 22 in two years' time? And if not, why are we playing him? Uh, he is in the best 22 at the moment. He's a fringe player, though. He's in that bottom six. He's been injured a lot. If he actually had some momentum behind him, he's a much better player than he showed the last two weeks. Yeah, well, I mean, last year is testament to that. Hmm. You could probably take Wingard's place or... Mm-hmm. Um, I know Brockman's discovered his defensive game. Mm-hmm. He, I agree. It, it's hard to keep him in the lineup because you're going to recruit for his position to find someone better. Yeah, I would definitely focus on that. Absolutely. I think there is one guy in particular. I, I noted this in our VFL recap, which we'll get to shortly. That Ooh, Jackie O. Well, I, well, we'll talk about him. I definitely want him in the side. But Lockie Bramble is the easy swap there. But Lockie's had his chances and he hasn't grabbed it. We can say that for both of them. He can't keep both. You have to pick one. Yeah. That's my thing. There's a lovely goal in the VFL, though, by Bramble. By Bramble. He kicked a couple in the end, but I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. That was a beauty. Sammy Mitchell, his eyes would have lit up when he saw that 60-metre <laughs> goal on the run. That was beautiful stuff. This question comes from Sav. Thanks for the plug last week. You're more than welcome, Sav. I'd like to see the DGB experiment in the forward line continue. He brings a little X factor. A couple of nearly moments by him, like us as a team for most of the game against GWS. I predict a win this week against your favourite mob, Nick. He's a bit of a mongrel competitor, a highly competitive type, mm-hmm. whereas... I know you're going to sort of shirk this, but Mitch Lewis loves it on a platter, doesn't he? Yeah. 
But, you know, sometimes you don't see the mongrel come out of him. Oh, I'm not going to defend that. I don't think Mitch Lewis has a ton of mongrel in him. He's a big boy, but whether he uses that with uh, ferocity is another question. I think he crushes packs, certainly, but Denver has that over him. He does. He's got a little bit of the wild eyes about him. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, do you want to tell me what you... <laughs> I'm putting you on, on the spot here. Do you, do you want to share what you sent me on, on WhatsApp during the game? <laughs> I don't remember. Was it in Fury, was it? Uh, yeah. No, but essentially you were craving a competitive beast. Right. Yeah. You, you, you saw that there's a spot in this club, on this list, mm. for someone that won't take any crap. Yeah. And I tend to agree. I... Keep watching Sam Pell Pepper. I knew you were going to bring him up. And that is the- no, I love watching him. Oh, he is the I epitome have, of in that. In the past, he was the one bloke I wanted out of port. Because mm-hmm. he's... Did you see that talk he put on? Oh, the, look, he's got It's a, not just that. He's just a, he's just a human cannonball. Yes. And he splits and he makes people wonder where he is. Well, I, and, I, I have long thought that our list is missing a Campbell Brown type. Yeah, a guy that... I mean, overperforms because he's so competitive. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just as we say, a bit of mongrel would and be it nice. Raises the level of everyone around him. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Obsessive compulsive asks whether we rewarded DGB with a selection forward too early. Good first game forward for Box Hill, then immediately recalled. Would it have been better to let him settle in that new role in the Magoos for a few weeks? What are, what are we waiting for? Like. It's, well, that's you, true. You play them against GWS in a game we weren't expected to get that close to them, let's yep. be honest. Yep. And he's prepped for North. <laughs> yeah, it seems that way. Now, whether he plays forward due to personnel changes, oh, but I, I guess... I cannot wait for the personnel changes at North. Oh, yeah, it's going to be... See if they bring all those old blokes that they rested back. <laughs> so we had the uh, second youngest lineup in the league on the weekend. Okay, all right. Collingwood had the oldest. Right. We still getting Ginnivan? Is that right? Is that is that happening? Oh, you've been insisting on that through the texts. Jeez, you won't leave you that can't one alone. Get a game, mate. Yeah, no, fair enough. Do you really want him at Hawthorne? Yeah, love a good ducker. Mother ducker. Anyway, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this one from oh. this one from Regan. Can Mitch Lewis, DJB, Fergus Green, and Brandon Ryan coexist in the same forward line? Coexist. Well, can you have them all in the team? Speaking as a... Hey, play Russian roulette with them. <laughs> Speaking uh, as a card-carrying member of the DGB fan club, surely he gets more than one week as a forward. A, is he a fan of DGB? It's kind well, of rare. It is rare online, I'll give you that. Yeah. As the, no. as the guy that mans the socials for this podcast, I can tell you that DGB doesn't always get a lot of love. No, he doesn't, does he? But look, you've got to admire his ferocity. Um, Can they exist? Uh, all, all four of those blokes not. are in the same lineup. Okay, well, who, who do you take out? DGB, obviously. Less runs on the board. Yeah, less forward craft. Yeah. Lewis, Green, and Ryan seems like a formidable trio. And then well, you have, Lewis and Green doesn't work. You don't think so? They didn't give it a lot of time, but, it, you know, Fergus Green really dropped his bundle. And he... uh, I think they should try and persist with that. If you bring in Ryan this week... And he hasn't played with any of those blokes in the forward line next mm-hmm. to him, mm-hmm. practically. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's that going to work out? Well, North keep on 
playing well, I mean, with the lost... same players for for weeks and their defence doesn't work. But they've, so... they've, they've lost Griffin Logue this week. Yeah. So The time geez. is now. But, mate, look, they're not even comparable. I think Brandon Ryan goes past DGB easily. Well, he should. For, for that position on his the ground, hands, he should. His kicking ability. Yeah. He kicked four straight on the weekend, didn't he? Yeah, he did. In fact, let's get into it. VFL recap. Box Hill Hawks, 13-11-89, defeated GWS Giants, VFL side, 11-9-75. Our 10th win of the season. A three-goal third term from Brandon Ryan gave us a nice buffer. Looks like we were putting the contest beyond doubt. Looks like we were home before the Giants made a bit of a charge. It got scary towards the end there. But fittingly, it was Ryan's fourth goal that was the steadier and all we needed to see off the challenge. It was a bit weird how quickly they fell off in that last quarter and they looked spent. Mm. Especially blokes like Ned Long. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ned Long with a, a massive opening term, but certainly when the game was on the line, uh, get mid- near it. yeah, midfielders dropped off. It's an odd one with Box Hill because throughout the season they've shown the ability to Switch really, it on at oh the yeah, end of the game and just run away. With yeah, it. they've put the hammer down and really broken open a game, but. Then you've got games like this where they just seem to go missing all of a sudden. And, the you know, Port Melbourne the week before, yeah. same thing happened. Yeah. So I don't quite understand it. We had a question here from the Fishman. Uh, surely Brandon Ryan gets a shot at it this week. I agree. So then Regan's right. We are having Mitch Lewis, DGB, Fergus Green and Brandon Ryan in the one forward line. Well, he, he could be right. He against could be the right. lone tall defender at North. <laughs> Who doesn't try. So. <laughs> yeah, okay. Who well, is he again? Oh, Benny boy. Ben Mackay. Like the rest of his teammates, does not care. And why would he? Is he's he... had about three wins in three years. <laughs> he's in the all-time rankings, has one of the worst winning winning percentages. Did you know that? Yes. It I must did. be absolutely miserable. Yeah, we only need a couple of wins in here out of that lineup. <laughs> There's some shockers there. Few of them are Hawthorne, so they don't get too cocky. <laughs> Brandon Ryan, 17 disposals, four marks. Four goals straight. We've got to see him before the end of the year. The time is now, I think. Yeah, you're bearing the lead. Ned Long, I want to see him again. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 31 touches and one goal one. Outstanding from the first bounce there. 11 touches in the first quarter. And, uh, you know, while he did drop away, he keeps on proving himself. We're going to see Hustwaite? Well, the, the guy that can't help but hit a target. I certainly hope so. I, eventually, as I was watching the game, it sort of clicked. I'm like, does this guy ever miss a handball? And a kick, mind you, but but he's notably great with his hands. Well, that's what we read about him in the guide, but to actually see it yeah. firsthand. Yeah, it was really striking, this game. I'm like, geez, this guy finds the footy and tends to use it very, very well. He's not giving it to blokes under pressure either. Yeah, that's right. They're yeah. running into space. They've got an option. Very good. Mm-hmm. So, so Long and Hustwaite need to be in the frame. I'd say Long is probably ahead of him, but... Uh, They're making on. Cooper Stevens earn it. Oh, aren't they just? This question from Aiden. Cooper Stevens has been consistently great for Box Hill, so when do we reward him with a few games in the seniors? Well, kicked one goal one, racked up 19 touches, had six clearances, one of our best for the day. That was second only to Hustwaite, actually, who had seven. And, uh, yeah, they are making him earn it. And then you've got Lloyd Meek, who... I doubt will be recalled. Which would be a damn shame because second highest rated player out there for Box Hill. 18 touches and one goal one. Should have been two straight. He missed an absolute soda. 31 hitouts, the dominant ruck on the day. Look, uh, he's better than VFL. He knows it. Yep. We know it. Just got to show a consistency of effort and impact. 
mm-hmm. at AFL. Agreed. And this guy, Lockie Bramble, I mentioned before, kicked two goals too, 19 touches. I still feel like it's a tussle between Bramble and Morrison for that spot in the seniors, leaning more towards Bramble myself these days. He had so many touches without pressure on him. Well, he's meant to find space. No, but he's going to find pressure in the AFL. Well, that's true. He's one of those players that sometimes looks absolutely terrific at VFL, and then he doesn't find the space at AFL and Mm -hmm. has no impact. Coming up for Box Hill, heading to Arden Street to take on North Melbourne, Sunday, 12.05pm. It's fifth taking on sixth, and it's a damn shame that it clashes with the seniors who are going to be playing at Marvel Stadium, 1.10pm Sunday. Let's preview. So they're basically playing the same time. Yep. Which is annoying because I would have liked to have watched both live. But anyway, got some changes to make this week because, uh, as you flagged before, mate, Blank is out with concussion protocol. So Sisley in, done, Impy out. Yep, Impy out. Why? Well, he got subbed. So I imagine well, he's Well, if, if there's an injury, well, he's not, a, I don't think he's on the injury list, put it that way. Okay. I'd say he gets another week off. I thought they brought him back too early. He didn't have any impact on the day. Well, put it this way if Impy comes out, do they pull the trigger on CJ and give him a game back? They managed him. He wasn't right to play any footy the past week. I know. How can you let a bloke like that play a senior game? Well, so he goes back through Box Hill again. Maybe. When if we you know, when we know with the game against Port Melbourne, CJ was well above everyone was, out there. Yeah, but for a quarter. Mm. His first quarter was enormous. Yep. And then he... Flagged throughout the rest of the game. So you think he built the fitness base back up again? Yeah, I, I was surprised that he'd lost so much fitness, to mm. be honest. But mm. It is a very dynamic game style he has. So James Sicily, definitely back from suspension. Return of the King, if you don't mind. Uh, Luke Bruce, he's a test. He is expected to play uh, as per the AFL.com.au report on him. So did he? Was he interviewed? <laughs> <laughs> Poor bugger. Not being able to talk for two weeks. How would you go? Deprive the people of this voice. You couldn't do it. You couldn't dream of it. I thought you might have had a similar injury. That's how you got that voice. (laughs) Tell you what, our podcast ratings would tank. It's just you and dead air the other side. I don't think it would be much of a show. Just a wispy voice. (laughs) Oh, poor Brucey. I hope he's okay. I hope he comes back into the lineup. Uh, arriving virus wonders who goes out for Sicily exactly. Is it just a straight swap for blank? I think it might be. Yeah. Uh, Hyde wonders what rucks we're going to play this week. Can Meek play as a single ruck or only as a second? I want to see Meek as a single ruck again. That's what I've decided for this game. Really? You, you're not interested in no, no, I'm, I'm, again? No, I'm not interested in a guy who can't take a mark at 211 centimetres. Okay. You, you, you know, make the super coach had him at, at third. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Meek was rated highly in the VFL, so pick one or the other. But I'd be picking Meek at this stage. Uh, Rob says, We can't seem to find a consistently performing half-forward line, both offensively and defensively. Do we have the players on the list now, or do we need to trade? How That's do we... a two-year job, yeah. Yeah, I think so. How do we fit Long into the team? He deserves a run. There's a question for you, mate. How do you fit Long into the team? We both want to see him. How do you make it happen? I don't know. It feels like one of our regular mids has I, to get I a rest. I feel like... If McGuinness doesn't have a role, Long. Yeah, no, well, that at the moment is a fair enough swap. But I also know that Long can play off the half-back line and he can play in the forward line Mm -hmm. and have an impact. Mm -hmm. He can also play out-body of a larger opponent. He's Mm -hmm. very clever with his physical use of his hips and his Not a small man himself, Long. Yeah, but he's got nous about how to Mm -hmm. position himself. So I I feel that... uh, that Long needs to needs to get just games under his belt. 
I don't know what that guy's capable of, to be honest. This question from Scamasaurus. He wants answers, mate. Jekka forward or back? DGB forward or back? Cozzy forward or back? Can someone please put their hand up to help Mitch Lewis and James Sicily? It's a fair point. Yeah, well, if you have to ask, they're not good enough, isn't that the... Oh, I mean, it's a little bit harsh. I think they need to commit one way or the other. Jekka, I would say, is now a backman. I'd say he shows more defensively these days. I'd persist with that. DGB... You can't tell me he's a forward. Oh, I, I want to see more. I'm on the fence. As for Cozzy, he's a forward. Look, <laughs> why? Why can't we have Cozzy back? He was a fantastic backman. You keep on calling him Dower that he didn't provide anything. He didn't. It's <laughs> like McGuinness back there. <laughs> but he was. He just completely nullifies opponent. Do you reckon? Do you reckon he'd be better or worse than Blank in that role? A similar similar role. Oh, Blank has much better skills and uh, an ability to set up play from. Okay, well that that's the switch you'd be making. That's what Cozzy would be playing. I know. I don't think we're going to see Cozzy again, but mm. uh, certainly Jack looks magnificent when he's fit and able. And I I do like your pick. Mm. He's the next Dylan Moore. Or well, I mean, his, his destiny is in his hands. He's still got a fair few weeks of the VFL season left. Box Hill. Uh, well, I need to crunch the numbers, but I expect they're playing finals. I think that's I yeah, think they're they home. Are, yeah. Yep. We've got a game in hand. Yeah, well, that's true as well. So, yeah, Jack has got a chance to make his own destiny here. So whether it comes to that, I guess we'll see. Uh, you, you can't tell me mm. they're happy with their resources in the forward line, though. No. God, no. I mean, fans aren't. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we, we, we do this every now and again, but in terms of the list management, we need some big bodies. Yeah, yeah, we do. And we're not going to draft them. Mm-hmm. We're going to splash the cash. Yeah. Who are we splashing the cash cash on? Because, you know, you're all up and about for Ginevan, but he's a tiny little... <laughs> I'm all up and about <laughs> Oh, what a little shit. <laughs> Talking about you, by the way, uh, just in yeah. case that wasn't hey, clear. Hey, he's a massive Hawthorne nutter. He loved Was Hawthorne. he actually? Yeah. Didn't realise that. Yeah. All right, bring him in. It's Hawthorne through and through. So. <laughs> That's all I need. I'm sold. Uh, this last one, views from the nosebleeds. Who's our next debutante? Now, a guy Jimmy that, O'Sullivan. Well, you, you jumped in before me Yeah. There. You jumped in before me there because we didn't cover him in the VFL recap. <laughs> but as I tweeted, there were times where I was just, just like, he has to debut. So he just kam- has to. Kamikaze. Love yeah. it. If we're talking about competitive spirit, yep. this guy is a Duracell bunny, does not give up, hates to lose, clearly, and uh, he's got a bit of X-Factor about him. Haven't mentioned Butler. No, no. They would be in uh, fairly direct competition, I'd expect, mm. for the same sort of spot. And Butler played all right for Box Hill. Yeah. Didn't set the world on fire. Look, you can't give a debut to everybody, can you? Like, then no. Then become but... meaningless. <laughs> no, but round 17, don't you at least want to see one or two more? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, this time, and they should do it. Brandon Ryan, Jack O'Sullivan. Anyway. <laughs> need to get some social media stuff. You can help us spread the word about the show. The best way to do that is to leave the podcast a rating or review wherever you're listening to this. Maybe it's Apple Podcasts, for instance. We'd really appreciate it if you could spare a second to do that. Meanwhile, as always, we ride the bumps with the grin together across various social media channels. We'd love to have you on board there, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Just hop online and join the conversation with us. 
And finally, we'd like to extend a huge thank you to our proud, passionate, and paid-up Patreon subscribers. Cannot emphasize enough how much you play a role in making the podcast everything it is. You help us put time into this week in, week out. And if you're interested in joining us and supporting the show, you can sign up to any tier, really, but most people go for the one with access to all our bonus content, which you can check out all the details for at patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. So disappointment hangs over the club as we emerge to face North Melbourne? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we had a loss in the seniors. Uh, our VFLW side battled hard, but the season's over now, unfortunately. It ended in a 10-point loss for them uh, out at Box Hill City Oval, an elimination final loss. They're done and dusted upwards and onwards now to next year. But uh, I guess, at least in happier news, both our wheelchair teams won against their respective Collingwood opponents on the weekend, and just always good to get a win over Collingwood, isn't it? We've got some questions here and red time items to, to finish things off for this episode. This one from Lee. With our surplus of back flankers, what are you laughing at? One of my favourite phrases. Trade bait. <laughs> Do you see either Scrimshaw or Jath being used as trade bait in the off-season? Both. <laughs> Could be. Could be. I wouldn't be shocked. I would say Scrimshaw would be looking around for offers. Yep, at this stage. Jath. He's very enticing. You could see clubs being interested. But would he be? Well, that's the thing. I don't think so. I don't think he would be. Yeah. Look, they're not averse to making any deal. Well, this is the rebuild. You've got to be a bit brutal in the rebuild, and there could be some calls that some fans don't necessarily like. I know CJ, well, actually both are beloved by Hawthorne fans. Both are fan favourites. And it would be hard for fans to see him go. But you need to be kind of ruthless when you're trying to put together the next, the next charge. There's only like... 10 untouchables, isn't there? Oh, there's, I mean, we had a question last week about who are the A-plus, yeah. you know, five-star S-tier ranked players that are going to be there for the next flag. And, you know, we, we came up with like the five or six that we wanted, but beyond that, you start to get a bit flexible. Yeah, You have your favourites, of course, but yeah, I think you've got to be flexible with this stuff. So whether they're on the trade table or not, I guess we'll see. Second question from Lee. With Tyler Brockman linked to West Coast... Are we buying into that? There's a random one from Mitch Cleary that seemed to be... It seemed to have as much research behind it as, where is he from? Is he out of contract? That's it. Yeah, but he's still out of contract at this stage of the year. Yes, he is. But apparently talks have opened for him. So I've heard that he's keen to stay. You couldn't begrudge him going back, could you? Well, no, especially because... He's going to play for West Coast. I don't know why I'd want to do that. But uh, look, he's from WA, he has a young family, so yeah, fair enough if he, if he wanted to, but I hope he stays. Uh, Lee wonders if uh, we should be looking across Swan River and seeing if out-of-contract small forward Lockie Schultz is available. Well, he's contracted through to the end of 2024 and tears you're screwing your face up, you don't seem interested. No. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Anthony on Tyler Brockman says, if Brockman does leave... Would it mean we're pretty much guaranteed to take Nick Watson in the draft? The Wiz. Oh, I, I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, a bit of a gamble, you reckon? Just doesn't seem the type of player that Sam Mitchell would take. You're thinking a more, a more conservative choice. Because Nick Watson is probably top three. That's the word. Right. Is this the moment that Sam's thinking to himself, all right, we need to get some cherries on top here. Right, okay, so that's how you're viewing Watson as a player. Yeah, and yep. if you're going to get a cherry on top, are you actually going to draft them or are you just going to go and splash the cash? Mm, yep. say that again in the same podcast. <laughs> well. There is a lot of cash. 
There is. These are the considerations that have to be made. Uh, Steve wonders if you'll be, Tiz, this is directed for you. Oh, no. Uh, as enthusiastic about wanting to discuss the ashes this week. Well, we're about... Well, you stay up and watch it. I went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> we're about 45 minutes into this, and so there's been no talk of the ashes. So I'm going to take it as you're not as enthusiastic to discuss it this time. Uh, well, I'm still really enjoying this 05 review. Fantastically competitive and... I think I think the leadership of the Aussies blinked in the mm-hmm. last yeah, day of that yeah. test. Well, even when I knew that you know England were probably going to win, I stayed up and watched it anyway. It was like, oh, why the not? Closet Palmer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I reckon we can win this. I reckon next next one. Yeah, that's the series done. I just wish that leaves brought out so Warner can make a century. That could be good. <laughs> That'd be real nice of them, wouldn't I've it? I've never seen mm. that level of get well I, I have sometimes but that level of getting inside someone else's head yeah yeah is amazing because that shot he played in that second innings you should never have bothered with that mm-hmm. anyway is that enough for steve we continue that's enough for steve yeah well he just lost that game so i don't want well, he's living over there now so he's right in the hub of it okay fair enough all right this last one from nick not a question is this you no. Different Nick. <laughs> Different Nick. But a topic for your discussion. Keen to get your thoughts on the report that Hawthorne is expected to avoid losing any draft picks as a result of the First Nations saga. Good old Grimace. <laughs> yeah, he would was be shaking with rage. My first thought was like, oh, he's going to be wrapped, isn't he? He's <laughs> going to be loving this. He's been the only one pushing that barrow <sighs> as purple. And uh, look, he's been proven wrong. It isn't going to come to that. And I personally will be reading Sliding Doors this week <laughs> for the first time in a long time. It's and only- next week, probably, after uh, we beat them. Oh, it's conservative. We're, very, we're quite confident, aren't we? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a bit bullish on this. Mate, we should be beating North Melbourne. I'll be joining you in the aisles. Yes, yep. Because usually you're in the... People don't know this. Usually you're in the MCC. I'm in standing room. We rarely what actually watch... Marvel. <laughs> well, yeah, anyway. it's different there. We rarely watch a game together. So this is going to happen this week. And I mean, I, we are together, but we're not close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so North Melbourne are a rabble. Yeah. That's been highlighted. That's really been put on the, under the microscope this week. The I only think, thing... I think we're all together in the MCG. That's where I was going. Okay. The only thing I can think of this week is that they respond to some of the damning vision that they... Nah. The, the play that they put up against Geelong was terrific. It was Why abysmal. Oh, because they've had a rocket put under them. Have they? Well, They're not expected uh, to win at bloody Geelong. Well, the media really bit back on them hard this week. Oh, I'm just hanging out for, you know, them and Frio and even West Coast to an extent to be absolutely hauled over the coals for some of their performances, like we were. And now we're back at Purple again. Funny that. I just cycled back to... I, I'm relieved that apparently we're not losing draft picks, but this can't be the end of it we're gonna it's it's a fine yeah yeah probably who knows yeah well i just can't believe that we'd escape with no sanction well yet. it didn't go away the first time perhaps it'll just go away the second you know oh, it's gill's mo <laughs> just wait for it to go away <laughs> well gill's mo is going away i think we've seen the opposite haven't we <laughs> it won't piss off just around. <laughs> that's because dill's in the back going listen <laughs> You're cleaning, you're cleaning this mess up before you go. And Gil's all right with that. 
Anyway, as you so rightly point out, we are bullish about this week. We're heading along to the game, as always, and uh, look forward to it, mate. I, I really think we should win this. I'll, I'll be... Not just because it's North. People know that I hate North. <laughs> but we're in a position where... I know we're in similar positions on the ladder, but if you've watched footy, you see that there's a huge gap between North and Hawthorne, and Hawthorne need to make that yep. abundantly clear this They've week. They've got to make sure we don't descend to their level, yeah. as they want to do. They always mm-hmm. try and bring us down to their level, bloody North. Anyway, that'll be it for the Hawk Talk podcast this week. We'll be back, win, lose, or draw, to recap all the action for the weekend. We are a happy team at Hawthorne. <laughs>